You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am pleased to be joined for episode 80 today. Can you believe it, Christina? Episode 80. I can. It's been amazing to watch this unfold. It's such a beautiful project, and I just am loving being part of it. Thank you. I will put the actual right graphic on the state on the, oh, on there the you screen are. if if uh, people, people are watching here and not listening. So it's episode eighty, Wednesday, March second. Uh, I even have that uh, little graphic. Got to got to got to fix that real quick. <laughs> got to fix that. You know what? Oh wait, uh, are you being a little perfectionistic? I'm there? being a little perfectionistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm joined today, Damon Frank. Joined today by Christina Dennis. Good morning, uh, recovery coach. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing beautiful. I'm really, really, it's beautiful here in sunny Southern California and just a good day to be in recovery. It is. I'm on my second cup of coffee here. Uh Uh-oh. Watch out. So I'm ready to go. You know, you are the (laughs) non-caffeine person. I am. I I am the triple grande plus plus Mm -hmm. mocha frappuccino extra caffeine dude (laughs) yes you're the red eye right like 50 of them (laughs) exactly so you we something for everything everyone here on the recovered life show but i'd like to thank everybody for joining us i can't believe it is march already we're almost through the first quarter looking back on the recovered life show wow 80 episodes that's a lot i mean that's amazing that's that's a lot of consistency yes and I, i love your commitment and being part of this where we're committed to bring bringing this kind of information to people and cultivating our community. And this episode is actually brought to you by Recovered Life contributors and people like you. So if you're watching this on YouTube um, and you want to support us, like, share and follow, please. But you can also catch this if you go into your car on all of the major platforms for podcasting, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. So check us out at The Recovered Life. And make sure that you tell a friend. We are growing yeah. our community. You know, I, I love that you said that in the car because a lot of people now are going back to the office. I have a lot of friends now Some, yeah. who were working out of their house and that they're going or they're going on trips or whatever. And they want a little bit of recovery in their pocket. Yes. Or they want it in the car. You know, you can just get it. And what's great, you could subscribe to the podcast and just get it. And it's your little commute. It's kind of like a little recovery check-in. Yes. Three days a week right before. Absolutely. And, you know, we're live every day now. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m., guys. So just to let everybody know, we're making the commitment. We're up early. Christina was up getting ready. You know, my yeah. up is a little bit, you know, shower. Throwing yeah, it's not, not exactly even. No, yeah, but remember, no. I woke up at 345 because my pet raccoon jumped on my roof and decided to give me a little wake-up call with the scratches. So That's I've been up fun. for a long time. <laughs> I have a series of raccoons as well that come right by my window. Yes. In the summer. It's always, yeah. it's always fun. It's always, it's always good to get up early because you get a perspective and an appreciation for sleep, right? Uh, yes. And for me, I need at least an hour and a half to two hours before I can really enter into the world. I, you know, I used to shortcut that and I can yeah. always tell when I don't. Doesn't mean I don't sleep in. There are days I sleep in to eight, but it does mean that, um, that I get to come and be rested and in my whole body and present. So I love, I love getting up early. Well, in a perfect world, I think that's what I would want to do too. I felt like a little bit too much of a slingshot lately. Where I'm, <laughs> up, I'm dealing with crisis, right. Or whatever's going on. Um, 
in the day too early, but I'm with you. That little padding, we got to do a mm-hmm. show on that. That whole padding in the in the morning. I think it's like, you know, how you wake up people that have addiction issues, how you wake up alcoholics and what happens the first couple of hours sometimes does dictate how the rest of the day is going to go. I definitely, definitely do that. Well, we got a great, we've got a really great show for you today, guys. It's awesome. Two segments. The first segment, uh, Christina, I wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of set this up because you found this. It was a great article uh, and it's how exercise can help you beat addiction. And I know a lot of people uh, are big exercise junkies mm-hmm. uh, that are in recovery. So I want to talk about that. Where, where did you find this article? It's in Very Well uh, Mind, Very Well Mind. And they have an addiction section. And I love mm. to check it out because not only do they bring up very, very good topics that we can discuss, but they also bring up from a medical standpoint um, exactly what uh, what is the next treatment. And although exercise is not a singular treatment for addiction, they are now starting the studies that show. And I think a lot of us know that, right? We know that, but this is one more way to put this tool in your toolbox. Part of my morning wake up Mm. is a treadmill. But it was very interesting because they're seeing how it really helps from all all addictions too. Withdrawals, it helps with withdrawal symptoms. But mind you, if you are thinking about withdrawing from alcohol, you still want to make sure you get help. It's still one of the most dangerous withdrawals that are out there, Mm -hmm. but it also adds like that extra, um, that extra padding. Cause we were discussing about padding in your recovery program, all of the endorphins and everything that come with it, but just committing that to yourself. I mean, I, I would tell you this, there are some days where, um, I happen to work out in my pajamas, right? Because I don't even want one extra step before I'm willing to get on the wow. treadmill. I know I look pretty silly. I'll have to post it. So it's pretty funny, usually black socks and PJs. Um, but what that does is take all of the, um, the challenges out of it because all I'm doing is putting on my tennis shoes. And I know from Atomic Habits, are you familiar with that book? Amazing I'm not, book. I'm not. Oh, amazing book where he breaks down the science of habits. Um, it's one of those tools. And so when you start exercising, the goal is to get through the first two minutes and have that become the habit, right? Getting up, putting on your tennis shoes. So even if I only have 10 minutes, I will get on that treadmill every day because well, that will, is my key. I will tell you, you're way more dedicated than I am. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, but there is hope for me because I noticed right under uh, cannabis, in between cannabis withdrawal and heroin withdrawal, there's caffeine withdrawal. You can do so it. There is, there is hope for me. Now, here's the thing that I found that was interesting on this. This looks like it's actually medically reviewed. Yes, it is. By uh, Rachel Goldman, PhD. And also it was written by Elizabeth Hartney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they do go into the whole medical thing of this. And I think it's, um, you know, I think I wanted to break this up here because I want to ask you two things about this. Because I have to tell you, I've been incorporating walking into my life, just leaving and walking. Yes. Right. A couple of times a day. And it has really helped my attitude. So much. It really, it really has. Right. So. Uh, but it looks like the whole first part of this article is all about withdraw, right? It about is. withdraw. So early people in early recovery. And I know a lot of people in early recovery listen to us. And I think some of these things, when you're talking about cannabis, uh, cocaine, and meth especially, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't um, think of it that way. These are long-term withdrawals. Like, you yes. know, you can have months of withdrawing. So it's interesting, you know, 
working this into a recovery uh, into program. a recovery program, right? Right. And they're starting to use it in rehab facilities and all kinds of things. Because first they talk about the fact that, um, you know, talk therapy, group therapy, peer-to-peer support is incredibly important, but it can be enhanced if you add an exercise regime. And it can not only help you with your withdrawals, it actually helps repair your neurology. Yeah. And it aids in, in moving that along. So it's something, it's another, uh, another point in the favor of exercise. And I'll tell you, when I first withdrew, and I've withdrawn for several things, alcohol, nicotine, mm-hmm. um, people, <laughs> and even with people it works. Right. You know, and even caffeine. With people it works. Okay. Even, yeah, even with people it works and caffeine. Well, that's good to know. And, you know, it's very difficult to think about that. Let's say you're in the throes of either physical withdrawals or emotional, you know, turmoil because you're making a huge change in your life. And you call somebody up and they say, go take a walk. But that literally, yeah. there's now medical proof and there's going to be more since this has been medically reviewed where they'll start actually adding this into a system. So I'm pretty sure. You tell me if you agree with this, Damon. I'm pretty sure that even if you are in early recovery, it's going to help no matter what. It's one well, of my think, tenets. Yeah, I think in early recovery, I think it's really great. But you know what it says here about later on in the article, which I wanted to def- definitely discuss, was the the exercise for relapse prevention. Yes, and isn't that massive? That I think is interesting. This, um, you know, we know that there's a lot that's happening in the brain when we come to cravings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think they're just tapping on that now. It's interesting, you know. Twelve step has discussed, you know, sugar and mm-hmm. and um, I don't really remember twelve step discussing exercise as much. I mean, go no. for a walk or do I never really heard that. It was always kind of sit in a chair, eat some cake. Yes. Um, right. Some stale birthday cake, but in which, Hey, Cookies that works caffeine. too, right? Cookies, like caffeine I, and that. nicotine, right? Cookies, caffeine and nicotine. That was what was exactly. presented when I first got sober and they used it as almost like a deter, like eat a Twizzlers, you know, before you pick up a cigarette. And I know, I, 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 I know that, um, I, I know definitely for sure that, uh, you know, they've done a lot of research about sugar and about lifestyle and soda and all the other stuff when it comes to craving. That's more and more, I mean, it's pointing more and more to that's not a good idea, right? But something's that's happening right. chemically. And yes. they kind of understand it a little bit, but this whole idea of this dopamine that you get from exercise mm-hmm. and yes. this also rhythmic kind of, I, I want to say like meditation kind of thing, yes. like a treadmill or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, I, I do believe it's very helpful. Well, it's the, so what happens is not even, you know, endorphins, you know, they get a lot of play, but there's something called the BDNF network. It's your default Mm -hmm. mode. And when you meditate or do something that's very good for you physically, it actually sets your body up to do a full repair. And they have done a lot of medical studies on that, you know, why meditation is important, why exercise is important. So even if you are just starting out, we're not talking about, uh, you know, what, what is that thing called? The stuff where they throw tires over and everything. I can't think of it right now. They have these big, huge gyms. Um, oh, hardcore. yeah, 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 yeah. Hard, CrossFit, hard, CrossFit. CrossFit, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't, I blocked it out of yeah. my, my head. I never want to look at that. <laughs> and so even if we're not saying go out and do that, you're not having, you don't have to bench press all kinds of things. It's about getting your body moving. And then that default, that BDNF protein will be 
secreted mm -hmm. or something like that. I'm not a doctor, but I've read a lot about it. And with my son, exercise is a huge deal for yeah. him. So not only does it help your nervous system, not only does it repair your neurological system, it actually teaches your body and gives you a bigger reserve. So take that move your body, yeah. move along. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the only thing. And it does, it has actually, you know, are there, you know, people are listening to this or saying, Hey, are there negatives about working out and fitness and stuff like this? And if you go back, we we've done several exercises, uh, several episodes, sorry about, uh, about, you know, about exercise and about, right. You know, uh, about just physical health, eating, things like that, about how it really helps with, uh, with recovery, with Absolutely. early recovery and, the and chemicals. also with, yeah. And the chemicals and also with just addiction, relapse prevention. Right. Right. But it does say here in the article about limits of exercises, addiction treatment. And here is one thing that I found, like I was thinking, is there a negative about this? But I, I, I do, I have had this experience where I have either worked with people that are in early recovery or known people in my peer group mm -hmm. that they'll trade one addiction for another addiction, yes. right? So they were they were somebody who had a really unhealthy lifestyle. They get sober, they're sober for a month, and then they decide that they're replacing their whole life mm -hmm. with uh, with protein shakes and working and, out 24 yeah. hours a day. Exactly. Right? And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the one thing we want to make sure that's very clear is there is, you know, exercise bulimia. There are issues yeah. with the eating disorder, disordered eating that need to be in check. That's why you always want to be within a group with a coach or a sponsor. If you're going the 12 step route, you want somebody to understand what your recovery program has included because there are definitely times when I was, you know, uh, dancing with disordered eating and really, yeah. really bad body dysmorphia where it was actually hurting myself. So we're not saying that. I want to make sure that that's clear because if, you know, this is not permission to go and act out in your disordered eating. It is mm. very, very carefully put that you have a plan that you've thought through that's at your fitness level. And I do believe it has to be in check. There has to be a balance Four yeah, because you don't want to train. Oh. You don't want to just real quick. You don't want to trade one addiction for another addiction. And that, no. you know, that that has been some of the comments about 12 step groups too. It's like, oh, you're just now of course being addicted to 12 step groups or whatever. And I get that. Like I understand, but you know what? That's stopping you from the behavior so you can have long-term recovery. So if you have to go to 50 meetings a day, you have to go to 50 meetings a day, right? Now right. this is a little different because I, I know, I, I didn't even know that this is a thing, but it is that people get addicted. It's oh. almost like an eating disorder. They get addicted to this pattern of, it, of working out. Well, and if it's preventing you from living your life, you know, unless you're a athlete, a professional athlete, or in those areas, and believe me, they struggle with disordered eating as well. But unless you're doing that, you know, and you're, you're, it really needs to be a, you know, a portion of your day, not your yeah. whole day. Yeah. And that's why I brought up the working out in my PJs, just so everybody was clear. <laughs> I'm not showing up at a gym, you know, seven days a week and doing that. I have a balanced program that works for me. And it's, and it is watched over by professionals so they can tell me, yes, you're doing this well. I mean, we need everybody in early recovery yes. and throughout your recovery to check in with a medical professional and see where you are physically before you start. Yes. And I think, you know, the thing is, is that one of the things is, is that sometimes people come in very beat up 
Yes. And in really bad, especially with other drugs like, mm-hmm. you know, meth and all this. Her- I've seen heroin. people come in heroin and stuff and there and and even alcohol because alcohol is so destructive to your heart and all this stuff that they come in and they're really not in a place where they could do this and they feel that they're going to do all or nothing. And this is the mm-hmm. whole thing about the whole all or nothing thing. And this is very black and white thinking. And this is the thing that gets people in trouble, I think. But what I love about what you were talking about, how you just had you right from your PJs onto the treadmill mm-hmm. or whatever is this buffer. I, t- you know, I talk a lot about in recovery, about uh, it, your recovery being like a brake pad. Okay. And you don't want to be metal to metal. No, you right? don't. You need your a margins. buffer. You need a yes. buffer because when something happens, you have to be able to have a buffer to mm-hmm. be able to learn how to react to it in a healthy way, right? Like, yep. so somebody's going to challenge you, be mad at you. Somebody's going to, it's not going to work out at work or something's going to happen in your personal life or whatever. And if you're metal to metal all the time, you're just, you know, eventually you're going to crash the car, right? That's the way that I look at right, it. Right, right. They're going to fail. And if you're also, I'm going to bring up even another, uh, another part of, yeah. if you're going through a, a very, you know, emotional recovery, let's say you're working on grief, mm-hmm. you're doing inner child work, you really have to be talking with somebody to decide. We're talking about just moving your body, but perhaps it's actually punishing for you to yeah. get on that treadmill and go, you know, 6.0 for 45 minutes. That isn't fun either. I always tell my clients, and I borrowed this from Alanon and I've said it here before, you have to infuse activities in your day that are for fun and for free. So if hitting a tennis ball back and forth with your friend is exercise and it's for just fun, then you get a double bonus. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But make sure that you're out there moving. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I think this is a really great ex- uh, episode, little segment here, because, you know, so many people are put with, you got to start working out. You got to start doing mm-hmm. this. You got to start doing this. And I think yeah, it goes in everything in moderation, especially in early recovery, I think you yeah. just don't want to, you don't want to turn into a uh, exercise psycho. No. No, you, you know what I mean? You, you've seen those people, right? You know what absolutely. I mean? It's just like they go from abusing alcohol and drugs to abusing the gym. Yep. Right. Exactly. And, avoiding and everything life. is about, yeah, avoiding life. That's a very good, that's a very, you could avoid life with the All gym just things. as much. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, if you but have- this is great. I mean, this is great. What's your big takeaway from this though? You know, Christina, you're really good at wrapping things up. <laughs> think- what, what's your big takeaway from this article? What'd you learn? That that they weren't lying to me when they said you had to exercise, that it is so vital to somebody's recovery program. And it's like supersizing your recovery program. And so, you know, outside of what we discussed about it being hurt, hurtful, if you're in a certain position with your physicality or your emotional state, um, exercise is always going to be a good move. And you got to do it like you take your vitamins and drink your water. Words to live by Christina Dennis. I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually start being more disciplined on my walks. I'm not not a power lifter, but I am (laughs) going to start doing the walks. Yeah. And Uh, put down the coffee. Great, great article. I'm so glad that you found that guys, we have got a really great segment coming up next. Hold tight. We're going to talk about if you're stuck in an area of your recovery, what you can do about it, which is good. And this is going to be a really great segment. But before we do a a little, a little word about a program that uh, Christina has called can't say no, it's a free three day challenge. You know, for those of you that are just tuning in to the recovered life show, 
Uh, you might not know this, but Christina Dennis, uh, my co-pilot here, is uh, one of the top codependency recovery experts. And she put together on Recovered Life this three-day challenge. And it's here's a great thing, guys. It's 100% for free. Mm -hmm. And you know, you guys might have identified that it's a struggle to say no. You just can't say no, right? Right. And you're frustrated that you're always, you know, giving more than you're getting. So in this three-day challenge, we're going to, you know, you can explore how to handle requests, set better boundaries, communication techniques. It's, It's all in there. And so every day you receive a really great video from Christina detailing what activities that you need to practice within this day. So guys, if you're listening to this and you are overwhelmed, you're always over volunteering. You're always the go-to person. You're feeling trapped. You're always feeling behind and you're worn out anxious. I'd say take the can't say no challenge. Just go to recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. That's recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. Absolutely. It give yourself that great, freedom. It is. Give yourself that freedom, guys. Take that challenge now. It's 100% free, and you'll also be joined in the Recovered Life Network where you can get access to people like Christina, this show, a bunch of Recovered Life contributors, and peers just like you. We have it's a lot of fun say. over there. We have a we lot do. of fun over there. We do. And if you're needing support or you're just interested in things like what we share about on the show, it's a lot of people communicating uh, being supportive of each other, and it is in a purely recovered community. So it's worth it for you to do, especially right now. So make sure to take that challenge, guys. You can go to recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. And coming up after the break, we're going to talk. Hold tight, guys. Yes. We're coming Unst- up after the break, we're going to talk st- about how to get unstuck. Yep. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Thanks, thanks for everybody holding on to segment two here. Yes, this wow, is a good March one. March 2nd. I can't believe I just I got to go back that we're in March 2nd. <laughs> kind of tripped me out. It feels like we were just talking about like that. Hey, let's go live three days a week. We were talking about that like in January. Yes. Is yes. that possible? It is possible. And, it, you know, I feel like these last two months have, um, have definitely been a place where we need to connect more. You know, there's still, and especially in this last week, we need to connect with each other and make sure that we're not doing our recovery on their own. And I love this topic. I love the room that you do, Damon, on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. It's in Clubhouse. So if you haven't joined Clubhouse, make sure you do and follow The Recovered Life because we have four rooms that we do every week, Monday through Thursday. And I love what you put together because it really helps to be able to talk about this stuff, you know, and where you can go if you are stuck, because you and I both know that putting down the substance and changing these behaviors is hard and it needs to be maintained and supplemented for your life. You know, I've been around 25 years. I know you're a little, little bit older than me. (laughs) had to say it. A little bit, just Uh, just a little bit. Oh goodness. Yeah. Throwing back, throwing some punches back. And so it's really important to know that you still need the support. Yes. And we have really, really good subjects, but 
One of my well, I would say, Christina, you know, one of the reasons why I did uh, Unstuck and it's on Clubhouse 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time mm-hmm. on Thursdays. The reason I did Unstuck wasn't actually for the newcomers. A lot of newcomers come in. A lot mm-hmm. of people in early recovery come in. But it was actually for people who had uh, decades of sobriety. Right. Okay. Right. And the reason and the reason why I did it is because, you know, I think it's harder the longer that you are sober in my opinion. It is. It is. You know? You, there's a because, whole bunch of... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting No, I was going to say because because uh, I think that people that have long-term recovery uh-huh. feel that... And, and let, let's just call long-term recovery, you know, some people say it's five years, some people say it's 10 years, but I'm really talking like after 10, 10, 20, yes. 30 years, right? And these are some of the people that we, Christina, you and I talk with on a daily basis, right? Correct. correct. So, so th- it's harder, I think, because they don't want to come out. You don't want to come out and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm feeling yes, a hundred percent stuck in my job and this relationship right. and this whatever." You right. just don't because one, you don't want to turn off newer people. Exactly. If you're working with newer people, you don't want to. You don't want to do that, right? That's true. And the thing is, is you're saying, man, I'm the only one that's feeling that maybe I need more than just this Thursday night meeting. Yes. Very maybe dangerous. I need, maybe too. I need to, maybe I need to, maybe, Hey, to be honest, Hey, things aren't working. Like mm-hmm. I, I've had people, you know, we, we talk about this. I've got this group old school shout out to everybody who's an old school and to get into old school, you have to have five years, but really the average, I think it's 15 years mm, Wow, is the average sobriety. So there's people with 30, there's people, I think we have one person that, 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 that is like five years or something. Okay. Two people. Lucky and guy or this girl. is what, yeah, this is what we talk about. It's all guys. Okay. It's all dudes, right? Stagnating. And this is, this is what we talk about. We talk about areas in our recovery that we're stuck and how to get out of them. And there's a lot of freedom there when you start talking about strategies about how to get unstuck. There is. And, and I totally agree with you after you've been around a little while, you do feel the pressure of always, you know, having a storyline that talks about sobriety as being a good thing. And sobriety is always a good thing. I don't want to be misconstrued or sound confused. But yes, things show up in our lives. I Five years ago, I had a big level of awakening and there was a lot of grief. And because I was in my home group, which I've been attending 23 years, I knew I could say it. But I sometimes wouldn't want to say it if there was a brand new person, because I don't want them to think, well, why the heck would I keep coming to this group if, you know, she's been here the longest and she's miserable. So I'm very lucky. I have two to three people and now your Thursday room uh, to mm-hmm. talk about these kinds of things. There's no shame in having struggles. In fact, you know, I got sober at 27. Of course, there have been huge life changes since then you know, divorce, uh, a high support needs child. I've had Mm -hmm. to be able to talk about things. And with Recovered Life, we now have a whole new platform. And specifically in your Thursday room, I love the topics that you pick. Well, you know, it's interesting being part of a big, you know, and I know I'm going to get comments here in in the, I'm going to get some comments in the Please. But being (laughs) part of a big uh, 12-step group uh, in, in the Valley here in mm-hmm. uh, Southern California. And, you know, it was a very old group and it had been around for a long period of time and being in a position where I, I don't want to say management, but kind of like helping run and organize sure. and, and make sure that it pulls off. Like, mm-hmm. look, if you've got, if you, if, if anybody's listening to this and you're new, 
you know, and if you're going to some of these meetings where there's these groups have, you know, 10, 12 meetings a week mm-hmm. and they're at different venues and stuff, look that, that, you know, there's bank accounts, there's, mm-hmm. there, there, there's, you know, there's people on the committee, there's people talking about insurance, there's people talking about, you know, the topics, there's, there's people talking about the culture of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes a, it takes a law, la- a large amount of people to pull that off. But you it know, does. what I found was, is that I might be stuck in an area of my life, but I, the last thing I wanted to do in a way, the help, the home group was great for me because it gave me the structure, but at the same time, it kept me stuck in certain ways because I was embarrassed to talk about it. Like sure. I didn't want to talk about like, Hey, you know what? Like, um, you know, where people maybe get stuck is money or they mm-hmm. get, so it's like, wow, I'm sober, but like, Hey, my money's going really up and down mm-hmm. or, uh, my personal relationships aren't great. Right. But right. I, and I don't really have the skills to be able to handle certain things that are maybe that are happening in my family or in my life. And, you know, to have the discussion I found through the the unstuck room and having these conversations, you know, live either with old school or through unstuck uh, mm-hmm. on clubhouse is that not only was I was the only one that was not feeling, I was feeling this, other people were feeling it. Of course. Uh, but the really great thing about this was, is that I found a secret to getting unstuck and which is, well, I think it's the identification of actually what, (laughs) what's actually true and what's not true. Right. Like, so the thing is, is that through, through 12 step and through therapy and everything, our heads get very, very full, right? We have coaches, we've got all this other kind of stuff. And one of the things I like about coaching and why, you know, coaching works so well to get unstuck in recovery is because a good coach is going to narrow right down in really quickly. Yes. I know like when I've coached people that in 12 steps, especially business people, which mm-hmm. is my thing, I do a lot of, young, you know, I do guys. Like yes, you my, do. That's my thing for the most part. Uh, guys Your come to me. specialty, yes. You know, not dancing for eight, you know, eight weeks to try to find out what's wrong. Boom, narrowing it right down. Correct. Hey, look, you're afraid of people. Or hey, mm-hmm. look, you, you're not con- consistent. Right. With what you do, right? Like just really getting narrow on actually labeling it on what's going on. Well, and, and, you know, in traditional 12 step groups, sometimes you could be met with that's an outside issue, but I really believe that it is vital to my recovery to be able and to go and be transparent about what's happening in my life, to have that feedback. And most of our drinking is a result of our belief systems. You know, it's not in a bubble, right? It's not in an incubator where I just have a problem with alcohol or I have a problem with, you know, drugs. It is our whole life that needs to be discussed and we need to be able to go to places Mm. and talk about it. And for me, one of the big secrets that I think for middle-aged women is that there might be some dissatisfaction. You know, they spent years, you know, either raising children if they're mothers or working at a certain career and they get to that, that, you know, later in life, not early twenties or thirties. Um, and they don't want to say that they're dissatisfied. You know, they don't want to say that they need to have more. And so bringing up these kind of topics and opening the door to it allows for us to explore it safely, to not be on an island by ourselves and allows us to hear somebody else say, me yeah. too, me too. I'm not 100% satisfied with just being a mother. <laughs> well, look, having worked with a lot of young guys, and I'm going to say, you know, like I got sober in my 20s. Mm-hmm. So I understand what that's like, right? Like, so 
Um, and you know, now in my fifties, having long-term recovery gives you some perspective, but it doesn't necessarily help with granular issues. Sometimes it makes the granular issues because a lot of times I, I think this is the disservice is that a lot of times we go into these groups, right? Our therapy and they go, well, you know, you're sober by the grace of God. And, mm-hmm. and all of that's true. I believe all that's true. But it's just like, well, you shouldn't complain. You shouldn't really want mm-hmm. more. Like, you're just lucky you're here. And, you know, like a, a flower in the wind, you know? Right. And, and I'm like, well, you know what? I don't know if you. that's necessarily true, right? Like, so the, the thing about just being able to really narrow in and identify what is going on, like what the hell's going on? Like, mm-hmm. like in the, in the twenties, a lot of times with, with guys in the twenties, I find that they have a really hard problem with employment being self-contributing, right? Like just yes. being able to sustain themselves. Yes. And especially in the culture now where a lot of people stay at home or have the option to stay at home, right? Right. Right. They're either they're either they're lost in the wind and, you know, the thing is, is I understand that like in the early twenties, because someone's just getting sober is so difficult. And now you're going to be thrown into the workforce or true. You have to do something right. Like to right. sustain yourself. And it's super stressful for, for a lot of these guys. So it's just like, just identifying what's wrong specifically. Like, Hey man, you're not consistent. Like, so here's some tools about how to get consistent. I think AA is maybe even good at getting you to the precipice to be able to be neutral, right? 12 step right. groups, ACO, any of those like neutral to be able to say like, oh, okay, I can identify it without having this emotional breakdown. Correct. Because if you're not neutral about it, you can't ever get to the great solution. And then the solution. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and you know, most of our lives are all about denial, denial, denial. Yeah. We pick up something that will allow us to remain in denial. And then we have to put that down because it's no longer the solution. You know, alcohol was a solution for me. And then it bit back and I recognized, oh my gosh, you know, I can't keep doing this and live not to be dramatic, but I wouldn't have lived much longer at the rate I was drinking. But then guess what? All of these other things show up like relationships because I drank over relationships like fear and being able to share that openly, you know, um, outside issue maybe is I think key to being able to stay in recovery. And so I love that you continue to bring this type of content either here to the recovered life or on clubhouse or all the other places that we're at, because I think that it is, it is the key to keeping the sobriety that you have, but it's also important not just to stop at being sober. You know, I didn't get sober to, to be miserable. Yeah. Well, this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. It's like, and this is why I think coaching and I know with codependency and stuff, why your coaching is so valuable, Christina and coaching in general is valuable is if you could find somebody that you can trust that you can lean in enough and maybe take the, 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 the advice, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the other thing. It's like a lot of people in recovery are very touchy. They don't want to rock the boat. True. (laughs) They don't really want to know the truth, right? Like, so um, and if you're willing to be able to kind of get out, if you're able to use the neutrality that 12 steps gave you in order to start to kind of apply this, why coaching so good or therapy is it's a time compression play. It is. You don't, if you're inconsistent and you don't show up instead of going five years in a career and getting fired every six months right, or not being able to, or bouncing because you quote, have a problem with somebody that you work with. And it's the yes. same problem yes. that you've had 
the last eight jobs, right? Maybe you. Maybe yeah, maybe you. it's you, right? Like, so <laughs> it's like, uh, or maybe you're attracting people that are like this. So it's like this whole time compression play. Uh, you know, I'm down. It works for business. It works for everything else. Yes. Why don't we use that in recovery? I think that's such a good insight to say, because when I start to work with people, you know, we have steps in so many areas of our life, right? We, we, we just did, you know, the first segment on exercise. We have a pretty good idea at some point in your sobriety that you take these first steps and these are the actions that you take. But when it comes to, you know, exploring some of these big, bigger areas, we can make them a mountain. We can make them huge in our head. We've been running from this forever. And when you find somebody, you say, what, enough is enough. I'm going to invest in me. And you get that pointed, targeted <clears throat> system, that action plan. It can shave years off of something that you might have to do. You were saying, you know, blowing in the wind. Well, yeah. this is a way to stop, stop being blown around. You know, this is a way to say enough's enough. I'm going to put down roots and I'm going to figure out what I've been running from. And coaching is a great way to do it. Uh, peer support groups help, but it's not nearly as targeted. And everybody should take that time to really, really invest in themselves because that's what you're doing. You're investing in yourself and you are not only running away from pain, but you're running to pleasure. And the way that you can do that is by working on the here and now. If you need things to grieve, you work a little bit of that. But the here and now you have your plan. You know, I was talking about, I always put my tennis shoes on, even if I'm only going to go five minutes, because that's the action step. Um, well, that's it. And, you know, and you and can the do thing that. is, is that I think that where people get stuck the most in regard by doing this room, it's been interesting because it's a group, you know, there might be 20 to 30 people that are right. there. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, well, more actually, right. You maybe have 50, 60, hundred that are coming in throughout the time, but there's a group of people on stage talking about areas that they were stuck. And, you know, last week we did this whole thing about self-esteem mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the things was, is the labeling of self-esteem is that people have self-esteem hits. And, you know, one of the things that we identified is that the reason that people get stuck is a couple different reasons. One, they have, they think they're stuck, mm -hmm. but they're not stuck at all. They're mm -hmm. just unable to see everything else that's happening in their life. And right. things are really moving. Things yes. are really going. And, you know, and I notice that with my own life too, is that I'll have the feeling of stuck, but in reality, when I put pen to paper or when I talk to somebody like you and mm -hmm. you're like, Hey, what about this? What about the, Hey, you're doing the work. Things right. are happening. You just, you just all of a sudden woke up one day and had an expectation that you feels not being met. And now you've decided that you're stuck, but well, that's not true at all. Yes. And there's something to be said about maturing in your spiritual life as well. And being around other people that are also willing to be transparent, also willing to share, also willing to walk through some of the hard stuff or talk about that taboo, you know, area that we don't want to talk about. It will allow for me, this is the way it's always worked. Somebody will share something and I will be in my head thinking, well, that was useless. I mean, I'll be honest, like that's not going to help me. And sure enough, within six months, Something's going to show up in my life, but I have the action plan. I have the blueprint on she, she felt this way six months ago. Look at her now. And you're right. We don't know how fast we're moving. We are so, so hooked on dopamine, you know, that we're dopamine junkies. That's what, you know, you learn. And 
we're so hooked on dopamine that we don't spend any time cultivating the other three chemicals that help us enjoy life. And when you're sitting in something, you think you're sitting in it, but you're probably doing what you need to do, or you're going to know how to do what you need to do so that you aren't just relying on dopamine. Complacency is because we, we want that hit, right? We want that instant gratification. But when you have gotten to a point in your sobriety and your recovery where you know behaving like this is going to hurt me, behaving like this, you're really stuck emotionally. You need somebody to remind you. Oh, now. absolutely. You've gone you know this a far. lot of the times, a lot of the times I'm going to tell you really the honest truth about it is that uh, people that are in recovery get addicted to drama. And mm -hmm. then sometimes what happens is as they work the steps and go through and they start repairing their lives, right? When we start repairing our lives, there's no more drama. The mm -hmm. drama reduces and, and then boredom sets in. A lot of people in recovery do not know how to live without the drama. Exactly. So, so with that, they feel like, well, things aren't working right. because there's no drama, right? And that's right. not true at all. Things are actually working really well. Uh, you're moving further away from that, but you're not experiencing that drama. Right. And I think that I, I, I think that that's such a huge lesson. I mean, this has been a great segment. Thank you so much. This has, oh, been, this has been really fun. Make, make sure to tell them again how to find the room on Thursdays because I yeah, think I'm going to actually tell everybody. Yeah, I'll tell you Thursdays. All you have to do is go to Clubhouse. And guys, I want to just set this up. It's not just my room. Uh, I've got two rooms. Christina has two rooms. Yes. On Clubhouse. We're on Clubhouse. Uh, I, I would say what four days a week now. Four we're days on there a week, four mm -hmm. to five minimum hours right. a week. We're on Clubhouse as well as going live with you here. Uh, three days a week. Uh, plus, we're going to add an Instagram show. Everybody's been asking for an Instagram live, so we're going to stay tuned for that. We're going to add that. That's cool. Um, so all you have to do is go to Clubhouse and put in the recovered life, and you're going to see our room come up. All you have to do is just hit that green Monopoly button. And then you're going to get notified every time that we have a sh we have a a, a a room on Clubhouse. A live room. Uh, yeah. Mine is on Thursday at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, we also record them too, right? So that's people right. can listen to them later. Tell them a little bit about, uh, I've got the Monday room where we talk about this week in Recovered Life, where we set up our recovery plan. Correct. That's a great room. Monday at 9. And then t tell them about what's going on sure. Tuesday. Tuesday, we have uh, re Rewire Your Brain. So it's all about recovery through a, you know, a neuro lens. And we have a lot of guest speakers right now. We're walking through Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, and doing it as kind of a group book club. Uh, people come, they share. I have experts that come in and share from their standpoint, uh, you know, things like imposter syndrome, uh, boundaries, which is the Wednesday room, but there'll be people who come in on Tuesday. We talk, talk about mindset. We talk about the repair. We learn things like you're chasing dopamine. This is what you need to do to increase serotonin, mm -hmm. oxytocin and endorphins. And um, Wednesday, we go through the codependent lens, which I think is incredibly powerful. The name of the room is setting healthy boundaries because that is why I drank because I didn't know how to set healthy boundaries. And it's so important for everybody, even if you do not consider yourself a codependent. Generally, I've said it before, I've met codependents who aren't alcoholics, but I've never mm -hmm. met an alcoholic who doesn't have codependency tendencies. Abs absolutely. <laughs> Ever. And you know what? I will tell people just because Christina will tell you that is one of the top uh, recovery rooms it's a great uh, room. In, in, in Clubhouse is your Wednesday uh, your Wednesday room. 
mm-hmm. the setting healthy boundaries because I've learned more through that room. It's so great. And the Tuesday one yesterday was crazy. It was I really mean, good. we'll go over this on TGIF Sober on Friday, the next episode that we do live. We'll go over TGIF Friday. We'll actually TGIF Sober. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what actually happened in that Tuesday room. But you know what? It reminded me of actually early recovery, the energy of that yes. room. Yes. And the breakthroughs that were happening one after another. And, you know, and it blows my mind because I see a lot of stuff in recovery out there. This is 100% free. Totally yes. free. Yes. And and people are having major, major breakthroughs. Uh, it is. There's a lot of protein, right? We like that one show together. There's a lot yeah. of protein on Tuesday. And Wednesday is so, so beautiful. The human experience, knowing we're not alone identifying things that we're doing in our life that are really, really slowing our margins down or shrinking our margins down. It is really, really, I think the reason why it's so popular is because people need this. I know so I need you, this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We need it. And you know what? If, you, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, you're in a town that maybe doesn't have access live to, uh, to all of these discussions, all you have to do is go to recoveredlife.us mm-hmm. and you can join right there. It will say right in the middle there, there's a ton of resources. Click, hey, I want to join the members community totally for free. And you're going to just literally jump right into the discussion. That's right. And I'd like to thank everybody uh, for that has joined. We've had a huge, uh, huge amount of membership of people that have come in over the last week here that mm-hmm. have joined because they've listened to the show either live or on a replay. So thank you so much. Yes, uh, thank you. Episode 80 in the can. There you go. Dennis, March have, 2nd. I, I hope you have a beautiful Wednesday. Um, and everybody who's listening, enjoy your day. Take care of yourself. Yes, guys. Uh, everybody have a great day. We're going to be back Friday. Yep. Friday the 4th. TGI. At 8 a.m. TGI of Sober. We'll see you guys there. Episode 80 in the can. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.